Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, Happy New Year, River of Life. I'm so glad that you're with us today, and we're excited about what God is doing and what God's going to do in this new year. And I want to just take a few moments uh, with you today, and we're going to just look at God's Word. This is kind of a one-off message that we're going to do this weekend, and then we'll start a new series starting next week. But uh, we've called it Feed Your Future. And I was thinking about a new year, and a new year is a gift, It is an opportunity. Some of you can look back at 2022 and feel like, oh, that was a hard year. Maybe it was a really good year. Maybe it was a mix of both. But as we step into this new year, it's a new opportunity. Revelation 21 verse 5 says this, and the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true And also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments, as we look at your word, I pray, Father, that you will show us exactly what we need to see God, I'm so thankful for those who are joining us in Wyoming and those who are joining us in Malawi and those who are in Alaska. And God, those who will be watching these later on uh, in the prison system and wherever they may be. God, I pray, Lord, that your word would not return void because you said that. And God, I also pray that it will meet us right where we are, that Father, we'll hear what we need to hear and that we will leave changed by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we praise you for that in Jesus' name, amen. So as we look at this scripture, it says God wants to do a new thing. He is wanting to begin uh, something new in you this, this year. I believe that with all my heart. Some of you, again, you've come out of a year that felt really hard. You've walked through some really difficult seasons, some hard things that you went through. But I want you to know that God wants to do something new. And you may be wrestling with, the, with some areas in your life. Maybe you're wrestling with your finances. Maybe you're wrestling in obedience or with clarity. Or maybe you're wrestling with your identity. And I want you to know that God wants to bless his kids. God loves you and he sees you and he has plans and dreams and desires for you. And so some of you have given up on dreams in your life. And I want, you, I want to tell you right now, this is the year for you to pick those dreams back up. It's the year for you to begin to walk in the challenges and the, and the, and the expectations that God has for you. Because I think that many of us have, have left things behind that God is saying, I want you to go back and I want you to pick them back up again. It's hard to keep the dream intact in the midst of a struggle. And I understand that. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, God gives you a dream, but his interest is not as much in the dream that he gives you as it is in you, the dreamer. See, I think a lot of times people, God will give you a dream, give you something that you feel like, hey, this is an area I want to walk in. And then you feel like, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not able. It's too hard. And I'll just drop it and I'll allow somebody else to pick that thing up. But what you need to hear from me today is that God is more interested in the dreamer than he even is in the dream. God doesn't just see you as a tool to use. He sees you as a jewel. He sees you as something that's precious. And when he gives us a dream, does it benefit his kingdom? Absolutely it does. But it also benefits the dreamer. 
it also brings benefit to you. And so I want you to hear that today because I think that there are many people within the sound of my voice right now that God has laid a dream on you and you have dropped it and you have let it go thinking, well, someone else will pick it up. But I want you to hear that this is the year of the dream. This is the year for you to pick that dream back up. It's the year for you to move forward in it. And so as we look at this, I want to, we're gonna spend a little bit of time looking at a Bible character named Jacob. And uh, Jacob is one that we almost included in the genealogy series, but I decided not to because I really felt like this was important for this particular time of the year as we step into this new year. And so if you haven't been at River of Life on New Year, we always do this thing over the last, I don't know how many years it's been now that we've done it, but we, we encourage you to spend some time in the month of January naming your year. And so we have, these, we have these cards made up. You found them on your seat when you came in today. Uh, they have them available for you in Star Valley. And, and, but we, just, we encourage you to take a moment and just write on this at some point during this month what this year is gonna be named. And we're gonna talk about the power of a name in just a moment here. So as we look back at Jacob, we see that um, Jacob was named by his mom. And, and you may go, so what? He was named Jacob. But Jacob eventually meant deceiver. And when, uh, when she proceeded to teach him how to be a con artist, essentially. And so as we look at this story, we see that she would push him in different directions that she wanted him to go. And he, and he probably thought that he was even making his own decisions, but he had, he had his mom behind him and she was pushing him to become this thing, this deceiver. And so his life got really messy and he, he decides that he's gonna leave and he starts to work for this guy named Laban. And as he works for Laban in Genesis chapter 30, we see that Laban was also a deceiver. Laban was somebody who made all kinds of promises to Jacob and every time Jacob would do what he was told to do, then Laban would go back on it and say, well, if you just do a little bit more, if you just do a little bit more. And all of a sudden in this story, we see that Jacob begins to understand this is what a deceiver looks like and I don't wanna be a deceiver. So all of Jacob's life, he's been told that he's a deceiver and now he sits under a deceiver and he realizes that this is not who I want to be. So I want you to understand that we need to, we need to as we look at this story, and I'm going through this quickly because I want, I want to get to the main point. But as we look at this story, what I need you to understand is, is Jacob had a decision to make. He could allow himself to still sit with this man, this deceiver in his life, or his mom being the voice in his life. Or he could say, I am choosing to walk away from those who are leading me in the wrong direction. And for some of you, this is your year where you need to spend a little time looking at your circle around you. Because some of you have got people in your life that though they are nice to you, though they are kind to you, though they seem to be your friends or they've been your friends for a long time, where are they leading you? Where are they pushing you towards? Because as we look at this story, we see that Jacob makes a decision. He says, I'm not going to allow this person to be an influence in my life anymore. And maybe some of the people in your life are uh, prominent in a prominent place because you believe uh, that they have your best interests at heart, but don't let other people define you when God is the one who created you. Amen. And so Jacob now is about to go back to an old environment and God pulls him aside in this story. Again, I'm not reading it to you. You can read it for yourself if you want to. Um, but when you find yourself wrestling and struggling, the best thing you can do is get some alone time with God. So even as we talk about this naming your year, don't just do it like on a whim. Don't just write something down because you want to fill out the card. Spend some time with God and allow God to speak to you about what this year is for you. God knows you and he won't limit you. He knows 
what is in you because he's the one that placed it there. So when you find yourself in a position where you're trying to figure out where you're going and what life is going to look like, the best place you can go is to the author of your life. God knows you and he knows exactly what he's created you for. So Jacob is now alone with God. This is in Genesis chapter 32 now. And there in the scripture it talks about there's a representative of God and Jacob begins to wrestle with him. It's a weird story, man. It's one of those stories every time I read it, I'm like, hey, this is just such a weird story. But as I was thinking about this, Jacob is in this position where he has left home. He's spent time away with, with this Laban guy. He's deciding to go back home, but he also knows that home, there's a lot of turmoil. So he is he's probably in this moment, as you read the scripture, you find that, that he sends everybody else ahead. He's like, hey, you guys just keep going. I'm going to sit here for a while. Now, I don't know if his, if his intent was I'm going to spend some time with God or if his intent was I want to take as long as I can to get home because I don't know what's waiting for me. I don't know how people are going to treat me. I don't know what this is going to look like when I get back. Maybe there's a little fear in it. But in this moment, he's now alone. And as he's alone, the Bible says that there is this representative. We don't know if it was an angel. We don't know what this exactly looked like. But there was this serious struggle and they are wrestling all night long. Now, I had teenage boys, and all of my teenage, when, whenever my boys were old enough, they'd always get to a place in their life where they thought they could take me. <laughs> Without fail, they always thought they could take me. Can I tell you to this day, they've never taken me. Don't try it now, Hunter, you probably would win. Um, <laughs> But can I just tell you, like just 10 minutes wrestling with my teenage boy, I was pretty exhausted if I'm being real. I can't imagine they're wrestling all night long. The Bible says, Genesis chapter 32, uh, verse 26 says, then the man said, let me go for dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So Jacob was known in the Bible as a pursuer of blessing. In fact, he, he wrestled not just with this angel, he wrestled with, with his own pride. He wrestled with, with doing what was right and, and he stole a bless, his father's blessing from Isaac. And so we see that this is something that Jacob continually wanted. But Jacob was not wrestling with God because God was his enemy. He was wrestling with God because he, because he knew God was the prize. And so as we look at this, verse 27 goes on to say, what is your name, the man asked. He replied, Jacob. The man replies this way, he says, your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Um, so inside of, of you is something that no one else has seen. Inside of you is something that's waiting to come out. And in this story, we see that Jacob wrestles with God. Again, just kind of a, a, a unique story. But in the middle of that, this angel, this representative God says, who are you? Now, I don't know. I'm, it's God. So he knows who he is, but he wanted him to say it. Why? Because if Jacob means deceiver, if that's what that means, then he wanted him to say it out loud. Why? So he could say, that's actually not who you are. That's not actually how God sees you. And see, for many of us, we've labeled ourselves or we allowed others around us to label us as something. And I want you to hear this today because the creator of the universe does not label you with anything that's disparaging. He always labels you with blessing. He always, he always sees you in the best light. He always sees not what you've done, but what your potential is to do. 
So many of you have allowed what your circumstance was to define who you are. And I'm telling you today that that's not how God sees you. And God may, in the midst of this, say, tell me your name. Tell me the name of this year. And you may say, depression. And he goes, no, 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 that's not what it is. You may, you may, you may say, uh, hardship. And he says, no, no, that's not the name. Because the God of the universe, when he sees you, he says, your name is not deceiver. Your name is Israel. Because you've wrestled with God and man and you've won. You're a winner, is what he's saying. You're not a deceiver. You're a, you're a victorious person. And so as we look at naming our year, it is, a, it is defining for us because we are, we are allowing ourselves to come to a place where we're saying, this is what I believe that the God of the universe has for me this year. This is an important moment. And I, it's been amazing to me because I've watched people who will, will take this super serious and they will spend time praying about it and they'll write down a word. And I've, I've had people write a word in January and they'll go, I don't know why God told me to write that word. It doesn't make any sense to me. And then, and then all of a sudden, six months later, they come back to me and they go, remember the word that I told you God gave me? And all of a sudden they're beginning to tell me, look at what God's doing. Look at how this is opening up for me. Look at how, how God is using this and now I understand it. Because God knows you. He knows the plans he has for you, says the Lord. So God shows Jacob, before you go back to a place where you've already been labeled, you need to know that that label no longer applies to you. So Jacob is in a place where he's going back to where he came from. And as he's going back, God now says, listen, before you go back, I'm changing your name. I'm changing what you think about yourself. I'm changing what I want others to think about you as well. So he walked away from this experience and the Bible says he has a limp. He was wrestling, his, his hip goes out of place. He has, this, he has this bad limp and you know, he had it from then on. And you go, man, that kind of stinks. Like he, he walks away with this limp, but I think he kind of, I think he kind of had pride in his limp. People ask him, what's going on with your leg? Man, I wrestled with God and won. Yes, glory. I didn't get a belt or anything, but I got this. Some of you need to be a little proud of your limp because you've wrestled. Life's been a wrestle. Life's been hard. You've struggled. We all, have, we all probably have stories of, of moments where we've had a wrestle, where we, where we questioned, where we had a hardship. I, I remember when we were going to plant River of Life, and I remember sitting down with a guy who was later on my board and having a conversation with him. And in the middle of the conversation, I had been thinking about all of the things that you have to think about when you're planting. Where? What is it going to look like? 501c3s, all of the things that you think about. And I sat down with them, and as I sat down with them, I was, I was ready because he was a smart guy. He was a businessman. And I knew he was going to, and he was also very, he was very in tune as far as he was a guy that would pray for me, and I knew that. And so as, as we sat down, I was ready. I was ready to answer all the questions that he had for me. I was like, I came to the meeting like, cool, bring it. I got all the answers that you can. And he said, hey, Jason, are you really going to do this? And I said, yeah. And he goes, he goes are, you, are you all in? Yeah. And I said, yeah, I'm all in. And he goes, so would you sell your house to plant this church? And I was like, what? what? And I go, I go, well, why do you think I need to sell my house to plant the church? And he goes, I'm not saying you need to, but what if God asks you to? And I remember in that moment, like, I wanted to just give him the answer that I knew he wanted to hear, which was yes. But I also have a wife, right? 
So I, I want to be truthful too, because I can't say yes, I would, and then it comes to it, and then he's like, hey, you said you'd sell it, and my wife would be like, what? You said what? So I sat and I talked to her, and did we want to? No, we didn't, and did we ever have to? No, we didn't. But there was a wrestle in there, because in that moment I realized, how serious are you about this? Are you like, is this like something that you would do? Because if you would, then you need, to, you need to understand that. So we all have those moments of wrestling, and we need, to, we need to realize that God will take your struggle and change you to be who he needs you to be. So here's the thing. Don't curse the struggle. Embrace the struggle. Some of you are walking through a struggle right now. Some of you last year was a big struggle, and, and it's easy to start to almost curse the struggle. But Jacob wrestled with God. And it was out of the wrestle that he, he did get a limp, but he also got a name change. He also got a, a different perspective. His life was no longer the same after the wrestle. And some of you have come out of a year where it has been a wrestle. It has been hard. Everything seems difficult. Your job, your family, your marriage, whatever it is that you're wrestling with right now, can I tell you that you can either look at the struggle and curse it, or you can go, God, how are you refining me in the middle of my struggle? And how are you making me into who you need me to be? No one can do your struggle for you. Jacob walks through a struggle, walks through hurt and pain, and then God renames him. If he would have just played dead or not gotten alone with God or nothing would have changed in his life. But because he got alone with God, he went through the wrestle, all of a sudden now things change. And though he walked with a limp, I think he owned his limp. Your battle wounds are, re, are unique. And if you surrender them to God, he will use them to change the world. The thing is, is some of you sit in this room and you are in a place where you have come from a really hard story. Some of you are ex-addicts. Some of you have gone through, some of you have been in prison. Some of you have had just some really hard stuff happen in your life. I can, even as I look across the room, I know some of you were in accidents that almost took your life and just all kinds of stuff. And you can either look at those things and go, oh man, it's so unfair that that happened to me. Or you can go, God, how can you take that and how can you use it? How can you use the story that I have that's unique to only me and how can you use it to change the world? Because God will take your story, he will take your testimony, he will take your struggle, and he will take it to make things better for other people if you allow him to. And some of you need to wrestle a bit over what this year will be named. God shows us the importance of a name change. We see it as we look at scripture. We know that, that Simon's name was changed to Peter because Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church. So he changes his name. Why? Because he wants him to be reminded. How many of you know if, if your name is Peter, which means rock, then every time somebody now calls you by name, you're reminded what Jesus said. So for many of you, what you need to understand is as you name your year, I want you to put it somewhere prominent. We put on these little cards. If you want to put it in your wallet, you want to tack it to your mirror. Some people I know throughout the years as we've done this have figured out and made the home screen on their phone so it says that word so that every time they turn on their phone, it reminds them of what this year means and what this, the word is for this year. There's power in the name. Yes, there, is. there must be because throughout scripture, we see God changing people's names. So God shows us that importance. Start calling this year what it should be. What you think God wants it to be. Because can I tell you, when we name things, it changes things. We've got to become what we believe. 
So even this, I mean, there's so many scriptures, so many stories throughout scripture where we see somebody's name gets changed and I'm sure in that moment it didn't feel like anything had changed in them. Like even when Abram gets his name changed to Abraham, yeah. nothing really had changed. It's not like, hey, I'm, ch- I'm calling you Abraham now, so here's all your kids. Didn't happen that way. But Abraham said, I'm believing that what you said is true and so I'm gonna start living as though that's truth and then guess what, it became truth. We've got to start living what we believe. We've got to start understanding that even though we don't see it today, doesn't mean it isn't already true inside of our lives. You can't just, you've got to feed your future. So in other words, you've got to understand that if, if you all of a sudden say, hey, I'm going to name my year success, and then you go quit your job and binge watch Netflix for the next three months, can I tell you, you gotta start living what you're saying, not just saying, oh, I'm trusting God that I'll be successful. It's not how it works, right? I, I don't know how you guys did over the holidays, but for me, I, I had been trying to be really good about what I eat, and then this time of year, and I didn't quite do so good, okay? So I, I, I tried, but I, I didn't really try. Uh, that's not actually true. Let's let's be real. I, I didn't I didn't try actually all that hard. Uh, I said I was going to try, and I didn't really try. Uh, but starting Monday, how many of you do that? Come on, starting Monday for real. I, I'm starting Monday. But here's the deal. I know starting Monday, I, I'm going to eat a lot better. So what am I going to do between now and Monday? Well, first of all, I'm going to eat really bad probably <laughs> between now and Monday. But the other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get all the junk out of my cupboards, right? I, I got to clean them out. I got to get rid of the stuff that doesn't feed that narrative. Like it, it, if I'm going to say I'm going to eat good, but then I, I get in there and, and all the Christmas cookies are still there and all the stuff, it, I, it, let's be real, I'm not. I'll, I'll keep doing that thing. I don't know if you do that, but you do that thing where you go starting tomorrow, right? <laughs> And today I'm going to just eat, but then tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and it's like, oh, but this is still in here. And that'd be a waste if I didn't eat that, right? So I'm going to clean my cupboards tomorrow, for real. Yeah. <laughs> for real, I'm going to do this tomorrow. Uh, and so that Monday when I start, I, I, my, I, it doesn't mean I'm not going to have temptation. There's going to be still temptation, but I'm going to lessen the temptation and set myself up for success, Right? For many of you, what you need to understand is to name your year is great, but what are you doing to set yourself up for success? How are you preparing so that things don't get in the way that shouldn't be in the way? So as we look at this, God gives Jacob a brand new identity in Genesis chapter 32, verse 28. And essentially God says, I know you've blown it. I know you're conniving, but I see in you a prince beneath all your emotional hangups, all your insecurities, all your stuff. And so don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. And God is saying that today for many of us, beneath all your sins, beneath all your hangups, I see a prince, I see a princess. You can be something great. You can be what he's made you to be. Can I tell you that God does his deepest work in your life when he deals with your identity? Who you are, and the way that you see yourself, you will always tend to act according to the way that you think about yourself. 
So if you begin to think about yourself the way that God sees you, if you begin to really try and like tune in and say, God, what is my identity? How do you see me? What do you want from me? What does my life look like through your eyes? And then you begin to actually believe that about yourself. And that's why when, when Jacob's name gets changed, it's so important because in this moment now he goes back. And when he goes back, guess what? When they're all like, hey, Jacob, welcome home. He goes, no, 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 my name's Israel. And they're like, What? And he goes, yeah, I wrestled with God and man, and I won. And now he's got to tell that over and over again, which guess what that does? The more we say it, the more we start to believe it. And the more we start to believe it, the more we start to live it. And for many of us, what we've done is we've told ourselves a narrative that's not true. And because we continually say that to ourselves, we believed it. And now we think our identity is, is flawed. It's not good enough. We're, not, we're, we're a mistake. Some of you have struggled with addictions and you've gotten to a place where you've just said, I'll never be able to. That's a lie. That is not true. But the more you say that to yourself, the more you believe it and the less you will, you will be successful. So as we look at this, we begin to understand that, that God is saying, listen, I am the one that set your identity. I'm the one that knew you before you knew you. That's right. And inside of that, I've always seen success in you. He says, let me show you how I see you. And when, when you see yourself through God's eyes, then all of a sudden it begins to change things in our lives. And if God says it, he will do it, even if you don't understand the timing. And, and as I was thinking about this, I'm thinking... Uh, back to the analogy about the diet, cleaning out the cupboards. For some of you, you need to clean some people out of your life. Yeah. Amen. You got people in your life that are not good for you. On, You've got relationships inside of your life that, that they are leading you somewhere that's not good. They are speaking things over you that are the opposite of what God is saying over you. And it's time to clean your cupboards. Wait for the name change, then the game will change. The name is a declaration. You need people in your life who will stand with you in your declaration. So, so here's the deal. If you, if you write out, this is the name of my year. I believe that the name of my year is forward because I believe God's moving me forward. So let's say that's what you say. And now you got people in your life that are like, I don't know why you need to go forward. You're doing just great just the way you are. Out of the cupboard, right? You need people who are gonna stand next to you like, that are, gonna, that are gonna believe, yes, I, I see that in you. I see in you that God's gonna do way bigger things than, than he's ever done before. And I just can't wait. I can't wait till next year when we're at the New Year's thing and you can stand up and go, you know what God did this year? He did all these amazing things. And I, I'm with you. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be in the front row cheering you on when you say that. Right, that's the people that we need. Some of you have allowed some people in your life and they are negative. They are, they are not helpful to you. If you've ever been around somebody that, that is like trying to lose weight and they got the friends that are always bringing the junk food over to their house, out of the cupboard, get, get rid of them. Support me or don't support me. But if you're not gonna support me, then get out. Is that too harsh? Have people in your life who will not call you Jacob, but they're happy to call you Israel. Yes. Have people in your life that won't look back to, oh, but I, I've known you since you were this tall and you were Jacob. I know who you are. You can say you changed your name, blah, blah, blah. You'll always be Jacob to me. You're out. 
God changed my name. God says who I am. You don't get to say who I am. Joel chapter 3, verse 10. Let the weak say I am strong. It doesn't say, let the strong say I am strong, because that would be bragging. It says, let the weak say I'm strong. Why? What you're saying is, even though I'm weak, because it says they're weak. <laughs> the verse says, hey, they're weak. But the weak are to say I'm strong. Why? Because they're, they're calling out something that isn't, and they're calling it into existence. And for some of you, you need to understand that as we write down these names for this next year, and these are going to be available through the next few weeks, they'll be at the Welcome Center. But I just want to challenge you, maybe you're watching, watching online today, you didn't come to be with us in the house, they, these things will be available, we would love for you to still participate with us. But there is a difference between knowing of the promise and possessing the promise. And I'm saying that God is calling us to take possession. Name it, feed it, become it. The thing that you feed is the thing that will grow. So if you feed negativity, negativity will grow this year. But if you feed promises that God has for you, those will grow as well. And I, my hope for this place, my hope for all of you is that you will learn to not only hear God's promises, but to start to believe God's promises and to start to walk in his promises and to start to see them come to fruition in your life because that's what he wants for you. I want to pray over you and then we're going to just close with one more worship song. We're, we're trying to keep this at, at a minimum so that you can go and do the things that you need to do this weekend. But I just want to take a moment right now and I want to pray over you. And if you already know the name of your year, write that down. That's great. If not, take some time this week to pray over it. Take it serious. Don't just come up with something that sounds good. Come up with something that God is speaking to you. And for some of you, maybe you've never heard God speak. Can I tell you this is a great time to say, God, I want to hear your voice. Show me what you have for me. God, right now, we just thank you so much for another new year. And Father, I pray that your church will be your church. That God will be your people, that will do what you're asking us to do. That Lord Jesus, as we step in to another year, that God, you would just show us our identity, that it comes from you. It's not, it's not ours to set, you already set it. God, I pray for those who are in the midst of a wrestle right now, that, God, they won't give up. They won't curse the wrestle. But instead, God, they'll own it. Lord, some of them are walking with a limp. But, God, I pray that they'll be proud of the limp. Because it'll be a reminder, a constant reminder, that, Lord, you have set their identity. God, help us to trust you more. Help us to lean into you more this year. I pray, God, that you'll help us to be a church that is a light in this community. And that, God, we will, we will, we will shine your name and that, Jesus, you'll be made famous. God, we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand as we close this out? Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.